0: Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Carrier's Edge podcast. This being a Friday, I'm feeling that I am 73. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Carrier's Edge uh, co-founder, Mark Morrell.
1: And I'm Jane Jezraoui, the other one.
0: Yes. And what we have on the agenda for today... See, I didn't even have a pithy opening comment or anything. You did not. I'm I'm very
1: happy about that. I'm
0: just busy with all kinds of other things going through my head. And trying to think about what it was that I wanted to cover on the episode of the podcast. I tried to ask
1: you 10 minutes ago and you didn't want to engage.
0: I was covering for the fact that I don't have that much. But also leaving you hanging so that you can't sort of. You know, I have other things to do
1: besides this podcast, actually. So,
0: if OK, we can wrap it up there. Now, we have a couple of things to talk about. Chief among them, the fact that we are recently back from the TCA convention mm-hmm. in Vegas, and we have to talk about that. We have some other upcoming things that we'll talk about and uh, some industry things that are happening that I, I am curious to get your thoughts on, um, although I think I have a good idea of what those thoughts are. but
1: Are my thoughts ever in doubt?
0: Yes. About well, let's anything. start. Let's start with the convention.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, the convention was awesome. Yes, it was. It was back to normal.
0: It definitely felt mostly back to normal mm-hmm. at that event. So the 14th edition of the best fleets to drive for award presentation on stage and the first Hall of Fame yeah. presentation, and it worked very well after all of our stress about. Whether or not those Hall of Fame trophies would fall apart or, or where people would drop part of them.
1: Honestly, I was never that stressed. I figured that those things have to be carried. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I got a hold of them and carried it around for a while, I would be able to figure it out. I have done enough with stage props that I can figure that stuff out. You guys were worried, but I wasn't.
0: Oh, I wasn't all that worried. Um, I mean, I would be perfectly fine walking across the stage with one of those things. But you never know. You get some people up there that maybe haven't been on stage that much, or sometimes they still get a little bit nervous doing it. And if it's their first time doing a Best least, uh presentation, you never know what you're going to get. Well, this
1: was Hall of Fame, so everybody hit on that stage. But not everybody. Oh, wait, that's right, because... Um,
0: yeah, Prime had a new person. Right. Um, and most of the other ones had been up there a few times, but still, not everybody was an old-timer. representing their company so it worked Mm. it did it did end up working quite well the uh, trophies looked fantastic so
1: rob penner had a good time with yeah the uh, trophies apparently i didn't actually see that but
0: he wasn't doing it on stage during the actual he was playing
1: around in the in the rehearsal yeah Yeah, he was i think he was mostly trying to get other tca staff to get all antsy
0: Mm. yeah But yeah, they looked great. Uh, So kudos to you and to Marley Hall at uh, TCA for putting those trophies together.
1: Marley, who is the bedrock of all things Best Fleets to Drive for Presentation Awards. Yes. She's, oh my God, working with her is amazing. So she cannot do anything but that for the rest of her life.
0: Well, I was also thinking about it. She yeah, must
1: always be planning best fleets with. She us.
0: was. Uh, she's always done a very solid job, but I really have to say that uh, Kristen Bouchard has really uh, taken that convention to the next level. Oh, yeah. It really is a very different experience now, and it's much larger, and it definitely feels like you know more like a larger event uh, than it ever used to. So. Uh, definitely, kudos to Kristen and Marley for the work that they do because it it really is paying off.
1: Oh, absolutely, and it's really it. What's great is that we get to have a lot of input in how mm-hmm. and how our particular award goes. So that's yep. also really nice because we're allowed to um, bring in some ideas, which is kind of how the Hall of Fame ended up happening. Is that you know we knew we had to do something. For the Hall of Fame, but what we were gonna do was a bit up in the air. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that we had to do was get the trophies. Yeah. And once we had the trophies, then the kind of trophies kind of drove the rest of it.
0: Yeah, and it worked out worked out very. Have we nicely.
1: talked about the two part trophies? I think we have on the podcast. Yeah, that we there did are talk two parts that, of it, and there's we this big giant that. because that ruby is the The weight is like say a softball, maybe. A heavy softball? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like a pound or two.
1: And maybe three.
0: Yeah. I don't two know. or
1: three. It's, it was, it was hefty. So we were talking about, you know, what we're going to do for the next ones, and, <laughs> you know, maybe make a necklace. <laughs> it would be a difficult necklace to wear, but um, we're going to have to think about what we're going to do next year. But it's good that we have a, yeah, we can do that later, but it, it went off really well. And, So much thanks to Lance Platt, who will do pretty much whatever we ask him to do. Yeah.
0: Epic View has been a a (laughs) really good sponsor. And Lance is very supportive and really accommodating. He
1: has no qualms about anything that I tell him to do. And as he had a great little bit on how much I tell him. Things that are not always the same. <laughs> Lance, pick it up. Lance, put it down. Lance, it's here. Lance, do this. Well, that's a Lance, testament. go this way.
0: Testament to you know, what great sponsors they are that yeah. Lance just goes with the flow. So it, uh, it worked out very well.
1: And I, I swear every time we do a Best Fleets presentation, I feel like I have to apologize to Lance. <laughs> I realized that I'm always apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, Lance. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, it's fine.
0: Yeah, he's used to it by now, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. He's uh, he's the runner-up for the, you know, bits between you and me. If you're mm. not, if you get hit by a bus, that I can see if I can get Lance he to do He can be the, the straight man. He could do the podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it went well. The sponsors uh, did a great job, had great looking mm-hmm. videos, which we are yeah. going to be sharing on uh, social media again.
1: Yes, so Truck Right and um,
0: Elios, Elios yeah, I did very the good ones overall well.
1: large and small And um, apparently I was not clear about the fact that the overall winners have to make a speech.
0: Yeah, there's things that doesn't even occur to you to tell people because it's just how it always is. And you just assume everybody knows all of these things. And that's never a safe assumption because all of these things that are clear in our heads are not clear to people that haven't been involved in it as deeply as us. So,
1: Well, I'm kind of jumping between like that rehearsal before the award ceremony is crazy for me. So I was doing three sets of people. I was dealing with 28 people
0: and we had a shorter rehearsal block this time.
1: Right. So I'm on the stage as soon as I, you know, telling people how to hold the trophy and how not to let it go. And you know, if the Ruby comes off, it's your own fault and deal with it. You can all deal with it. Then I'm only responsible for you getting the Ruby on your trophy. And then right after that, um, The small fleets, I think there was a lot of new people. Yep. And then the large fleets, I don't know if it was that many totally new. There was a few. Mm -hmm. It was mostly in the small fleets. And so I'm, you know, basically racing through, okay, this is how it's going. This is what you do. Make sure your tags are off, blah, blah, blah. And I guess I didn't even, never even occurred to me. I, I guess there's stuff that you're supposed to put in the in the uh, directions beforehand.
0: Yeah. And that it, it's getting to be a fairly lengthy list of things that we send to all the people appearing on yeah. stage. And it has never occurred to me to say, if you're the overall winner, Oh, actually, you know what? No, I, uh, did you
1: have it in the it message? It is in there. Okay.
0: Because it, there is a document that I put together a few years ago called stage appearance tips ah. that lists all of the things that they should be thinking about.
1: So should we uh, all we send of these that to things the <laughs> that
0: we've learned the hard way, like hold your plaque right side up, yeah. uh, get your uh, badge off and like all of those kind of things and where to stand and what to do if you're the overall winner, because there's always that issue. They come out on stage and they've got their plaque in hand, but then they're announced as the overall winner. We're handing them a trophy. Well, what do they do with the plaque? You know, and they never for a while it was unclear. What do I do with the plaque? And you end up with a, a picture where the overall winner isn't holding their plaque or I, their trophy. Yeah, I right? know
1: that happened with Elios because I didn't I didn't tell them to well, hand it to the.
0: But I put that in the uh, the stage appearance tips: is hand your plaque to uh, to Jane, take the trophy from the sponsor, make sure you're in the center for the pictures, uh, because we don't want like the sponsor and us in the middle, and then like the winner actually off to the side. The winner has to be in the center. Or the pictures and then um, you go over and do your speech. And so,
1: yeah, but nobody remembers, like, they really don't remember. And I should have my checked my four with words Alios. in
0: passing and one document that they got two weeks before. That's not sufficient.
1: Yeah, I so much gets sent to people before yeah. the convention. There's so much information. So, I mean, it is what it is. We get to do it another try next year. I think, um. I think what I'd like to do next year is actually say the name of the person who's going to be on stage. You did. No, 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 That's for the overall winners, but.
0: Oh, for the Hall of Fame.
1: Uh, Actually, all of them. I have time. So um, I can say Rob Penner or Bison Transport represented by Rob Penner.
0: Yeah, who could? You're going to have to then know how to pronounce all of those names and be comfortable with all of them. Yeah, I can do that. Okay, sure. I mean, then we can take even more time up there.
1: No, I don't think it will. I'll just say it faster. Like there's pauses. There's pauses that I make.
0: So while they I'm have doing, time to walk across. Yeah, they need yeah. time to walk okay. across. So, yeah, fill it in with their name. So, yeah,
1: so, you know, Brenny Transportation, represented by Joyce Brenny, mm-hmm. who's another one that I can remember and pronounce. And actually that would be good as because I always have this thing where like the morning of the presentation, I'm like, or at the rehearsal, I'm thinking, who's the overall winner again? Because we don't have it on the mm-hmm. on the thing anymore. Yeah. For reasons that if you want to know why, go to a previous podcast. But we don't have the winners on in the script anymore. And I always have this like, do I know the name? Do I know the name? Who is it? And, and then I can never remember the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I always have that little panic moment. I get the name. Yep, I've never forgotten the name, and I would cover even if I did. It forget. would be funny
0: because you would look straight at them, and I was like,
1: like I know your name, but I can't remember it.
0: it it's you. <laughs> you, you that I'm making eye contact with. You come over.
1: Well, I can get away with it because I can say the name of the company, and I don't need to say it. And then I can do, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: represented, represented by. <laughs> Although you get to know these people just by like first name or something or in your head, because there's a lot of people that sometimes we're only kind of meeting them in person for the first time during that rehearsal that you kind of get a shorthand in your head for who's who. And it might be blue suit jacket, green dress, (laughs) you know, that's how you sort of know them in your head because you've got to spy them in the crowd. And it's almost like a class trip where you got to have to keep doing these head counts and okay, do we have everybody? Are they in the right order? So in your head, you start going, okay, yeah, red jacket. Okay. Blue jacket. Okay. Uh, tall. Okay. You know, all of those things. And that's how you put it together in your head. So when you get on stage, you have to convert all of that into their actual names rather than just the normal shorthand that you develop when you're rehearsing it.
1: And I'm not sure if, um, People realize, And I'm sure I've talked about this before, but how much is going on in my head while I'm reading? Like there's mm-hmm. like, I am constantly aware of everybody else on that stage. Are people walking behind me? Are they? So I'm making sure that I'm hearing somebody so I don't have to keep looking around which I, I had to do because I wasn't totally sure where they were, mm-hmm. but I was listening for footsteps and I was trying to gauge how far they were out before I said the next thing, because it looks weird when, you know, constantly turning around, like, are they there? Are they there? Mm-hmm. Are they there? So I'm doing that. I'm trying to make sure I pronounce all the things that I know I'm going to have trouble pronouncing. Um, sometimes I completely lose, like I completely forget everything of where I am. Mm-hmm. like it just there's this little bubble of what the hell where am i what where are we presenting who's on stage and then i have to go back and then i kind of zoom back into my body it's very mm-hmm. odd and then if something goes wrong you always have to be ready to cover yeah cuz i've told everybody don't worry if something yeah. goes wrong i'll cover i'll cover yeah. so well, i have you're to be aware paying attention
0: to them and making sure that they're okay they're in the right spot they're standing the right way all of those kind of things Yeah, there's a lot to pay attention to.
1: Oh, yeah, there's a lot.
0: And plus, there's the added, uh, I don't know how to describe but there's kind of a dissociative effect when you're on stage and you've got all the lights on you. You're separated, you're up high, you're separated from everybody else, you've got lights in your face. It takes a very different kind of focus to be able to think uh, coherently about where you are and what you're doing, and it's very easy to sort of drift off mentally drift off into different places and and sort of lose certain things.
1: That's what I mean. But I said, like, sometimes you just lose it because you haven't, your concentration is off Mm -hmm. for like just a split second. And then, I mean, I know how to bring it back, but sometimes, you know, I don't know, you just sort of in the middle of it and you just kind of forget or the sponsor movie is playing and I'm like, who's, who's this, what are we doing? And then, you know, I, I'll be sort of like, okay, I've got that teleprompter, thank God, because that's going to take me back to where it is. But I was listening for um, Lance going back and forth to, you know, you know, how fast is he going? Do yeah. I want to hurry him up? Will he hurry up if I start saying things faster? So, and then I'm experimenting. So I'm say, starting to say it faster and I'm kind of like, oh yeah, he's hurrying up. Okay, we're good. I don't have to turn around and say, hurry up, Lance. Mm-hmm. That would be, uh,
0: That would be funny.
1: Well, I didn't want it to be too fun. Like, that's the other thing is that we were with the um, we had uh, we had uh, little taglines for the company mm. based on what we know about them with Best Fleet. So if you want to see the whole thing, you can go to the Facebook, Best Fleets pay, Facebook page and watch it again. And um, and I was very worried about that because that was kind of going out on a bit of a, a creative limb. I wasn't worried
0: about that. I thought that was awesome. I was very happy with all the taglines we came up with.
1: Oh, good. I was worried.
0: Well, (laughs) until afterwards. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, crap. I should have said that about these guys. You know, I thought of better ones for like two or three of them afterwards. Like what? Now I can't remember them. okay. (laughs) At the time, it was great. (laughs) You know, in that fog of the event. And Mm -hmm. like that day was just insane. The 20 minutes of the award presentation was one thing. But that day started like at, at... 6.30 Six thirty or something like that, yeah. we, or we were we were in the room at seven to start um, getting ready to set up, and it went through until after six p.m. when we finished with the receptions, and it was pretty much nonstop the whole time. Yeah. So, in that fog of things, I came up with a couple of ideas for what I should have used as taglines, and yeah, I've I've definitely forgotten them all now. But at the time, I was like, "Damn it! Why didn't <laughs> I think of these?" Yeah. But the ones that we did come up with, I was definitely happy with those, so I wasn't that concerned about that. I thought it was uh, good.
1: Well, I had to deliver it, right? I had to do. I had to make it not sound cheesy.
0: Mm. So
1: that was what I was concerned you know, about. You pulled was, that
0: off. That went fine.
1: Yeah, I know, but I was worried about it at the mm. time. I wasn't worried, and and I wanted to see the reaction after, which was which was good. So
0: yeah, and I, there was definitely some of them on stage, kind of giggling. Were they, they? Yeah, okay? Good. They got the joke.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now my favorite was definitely the Grand Island Express.
1: Just keep swimming.
0: Just keep swimming. Yes. Yeah, so they got that <laughs> they got that joke. For sure.
1: Oh yeah. Well, it was probably nervous laughter <laughs> because Jim was Jim from Grand Island Express um slept in. Well, he woke yeah. up and then he fell back asleep, which is one of my all time you know, fears. I'm afraid of that. That I'm just gonna go back to sleep. And uh so he was a bit late, but Dean, his uh His GM. Yeah, his GM was standing in for him and did the, okay, hold this trophy like a baby.
0: Yeah. Well, it worked. It went off very well. Yeah. But that wasn't even sort of the end of it. Like I said, it was a a busy day because right after the award presentation, you took the overall winner's they had like this whirlwind tour. Day. I know you're the winner. Media and, tour, tour. Yeah, get ready to become famous. Like what happens in movies when you know yeah. somebody signs a contract and then immediately there's a montage of them doing red carpets and photo shoots and all this other stuff. Well, it wasn't that far off. It
1: was. It was. It was perfect. Yeah, because so. they
0: came off and after the session they went pretty much straight into a radio with, interview. Yeah,
1: with, with, um, with you
0: and on the Dave Nemo show,
1: right? With Jimmy Mack who is a lovely guy and mm-hmm. always does a great job.
0: And then after that they went and did an interview for Fleet Owner magazine. Right. And oh then there was photos uh, then a photo we had shoot photos. at the backdrop. So yeah, we pretty much covered all of it. And
1: then I think I took a nap and then uh, we had
0: our Oh, uh, we went into the exhibit and we had a bunch of people coming by. Oh no. Oh. to talk about the different things did collect I come books. Into the, the books. You were there for a little bit to get some semblance of food. And then you were back, you went and did a radio thing on the Mark Willis That's show. That's
1: right. I did a Carrier's Edge.
0: Yeah. You actually talked about training.
1: About dash cams. I was talking about the dash cams and I was like completely sleep deprived and I was really hoping that I wasn't sounding like a complete fool.
0: No, you did fine there, but then you just crashed. That like was I actually, when I crashed, yeah. I was in the room for a bit and then I left to go and pack up the backdrop and... Um, Then, when I came back to the room, you were still asleep. So, I don't think you knew that I left or returned.
1: I don't think so either. But every time I do um, any kind of show, so if I'm on stage or I'm doing radio or even an interview, you're on. Like, that's the thing is that if you want to perform, you have to turn yourself on. It's like you have to be just brighter and more interesting and, you know, more energetic. And when you do this for, You know, like, I'm not used to doing it for an entire day. I mean, I've done it when I've done a play or something like that. I can do it for, you know, a couple of hours. But that, that was like five hours of just being on for performance on. And afterwards, like, Like, you just don't know how that is so, so tiring. Well, we
0: haven't had it. We've had two years of not doing nothing.
1: I know. Those
0: kind of things. And so that was one of the things that was different at this convention that isn't normally the case is that we're all everybody was sort of coming out of out of their shells and getting back to normal and things. And we're all sort of out of shape with that kind of stuff. So all of the social interacting became very exhausting.
1: Oh, yeah, it was it was one of the most exhausting shows that I've that I can remember. And it was busier, too. Like, everybody was happy and excited, and so were we. And so it was good to see everybody, and that takes a lot out of you. It's like, if we're, we're introverted, so any social interaction is going to require more energy, and we usually have to um, recover from that a little bit. But it was four days of nonstop, wow, I haven't seen you in so long, and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and then the award ceremony and the excitement of that, and whew,
0: well, what was kind Crazy. of funny is we were there in September. So we were there six months earlier and there was a, a, a significant number of the same people that were there at that event. Certainly Best Fleets people and even kind of the regular other vendors and staff and carriers and things that we know that go to that. But September had a very different vibe because it was supposed to be masks you know, all the time indoors, Very few people actually followed that rule, but everybody was aware of it. So everybody's kind of thinking, yeah, we're still in the midst of this thing. And Mm -hmm. we really, we're feeling like we shouldn't be here, but we are. And there was sort of that kind of anxiety across everybody.
1: There was a lot of people that weren't there, though.
0: There's a lot more people that came back this time. There's definitely more people that I saw that I hadn't seen in ages.
1: So one person would come from a company that we knew, but normally we would see three people from that company that we knew. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of... Um, it was much reduced, which, you in know, in
0: September it was, yeah, in sub- yeah, yeah, now it was sort of back and people back. were sending a lot more people. So yeah, um, the vendors were sending more staff and more of their normal senior staff were coming and the carriers were sending a few more people. So it was getting back to what would be kind of a normal convention. So very good time.
1: Yeah, it was a very good time. And you did some press. I did some press.
0: Yep. Did a couple of different interviews.
1: Um, yeah. Sarah was introduced to the TCA convention. Sarah, yep. our new VP of marketing. He definitely
0: leveled up on industry knowledge <laughs> and best fleets knowledge and gossip. Yeah. Asked,
1: oh, gossip. Yeah. You know always know have to the the get the gossip. Are. Yeah. And there were so many Canadians there. That was what mm-hmm. was nice about the difference between September and now. Because we, even the Canadians that we know, that we see all the time, we haven't seen because. Well,
0: there's been nothing here.
1: Well, here in Canada, the lockdown has been a lot harsher and we have had more mask mandates. It's pretty much like everything has been virtual. There's really been no, very little opportunity to see people and not in large groups at all. I think I went to one uh, one conference. Yeah, you went to
0: one last uh, fall, October. October, and the OTA had their convention in November, but it was limited uh, capacity there as well.
1: Yeah, we didn't go because
0: I we didn't weren't go. go. We weren't going to go because originally they were only allowing two people uh, per company. And then the capacity limits got raised a oh, bit. So we they were able go. to add in a few more people. Right. But that was still very lightly attended in a lot of the events they normally have. Yeah. They couldn't have. So, yeah, this has been very light so for us going down to tca and seeing a lot of these canadians that we hadn't seen in a couple know, of years it's kind of weird
1: who live an hour and a half or not live but who are like an hour and a half two hours down
0: the road that some of them are 45 minutes away and we still don't see them
1: i know well oh no he wasn't there but there are people that we see regularly we haven't seen in a couple of years yeah which is or oh, we've seen them on zoom and that's about it yeah. So it was uh, you know that was really nice too and I and I thought because there was a couple of new newbies to the convention like Mike Frolic, um who else was totally new there was another Carlo from, Carlo Newcom. from Newcom um and I thought that I would see more of them hmm. but they just kind of disappeared
0: There's into so the, many different things to do there.
1: Just went yeah. into the crowd. Yeah. And then every and then so often they pop them at the often, final night pop, reception yeah, and that's it. Okay. Or At the airport. Yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were here too. <laughs> Did you have fun? <laughs> yeah. We just hung out with them on the plane in the airport and that's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it was a very good convention. Uh, oh, Eugenia, convention. Eugenia yep.
1: was there and that was, was it our first time or?
0: I feel like that was our first think, time at yeah. that convention.
1: So Mark Seymour brought a lot of his people. Yeah. Chris good... Yeah
0: a good uh, crew there and yeah several of the other uh, Canadian uh, carriers and vendors uh, Isaac mm-hmm. sent a bunch Isaac of people sent as well a bunch. so it was good yeah it was a very nice uh, very nice convention
1: and if you haven't been to the convention you should go even if you're not a member
0: yes it's, it's a really good event it
1: is a good event
0: yeah good they, for networking and, education lots of good things
1: and not only that it's that they are they actually take feedback and really try and improve it every year there's been a definite um effort to make it better every year and to figure out how to get people to different sessions what kind of sessions do you want how to get people to the board meetings and they did such a great job this year of really getting people um interacting and involved in what was in the business of the association Mm -hmm. so the the like the recruiting and retention com well, it was the human resources recruiting and retention committee, the highway policy, like all of those things were packed, and that was great.
0: Yeah, it was nice to see. So so, what else
1: did you want to talk about?
0: Well, after that, let's talk about what else we've been up to. I know. Well, I guess it's really been a little over a week since we returned uh, from that event. I feel Ooh, like God, all I've only I'm, been a week and a bit.
1: I feel like I, all I've done over the last week and a half is schedule things. Yep. And reschedule things. I'm I I don't know what I've done. Well, that's not true. We are releasing oh we we've had this glut. I don't know if you've ever have you ever read The Little Prince? Yes. Okay. So The Little Prince is this children's book and it's about this kid who's by himself and he goes off to find different friends and it's all very philosophical. But there's this one It's French. Well, I read the read it. translation. Yeah. It's, but it's, ori- it's It's originally a French. French book. Yeah. It's very good, though. And so the little prince um, eventually meets, or they're talking about um, a drawing, and it's a drawing of a snake. And then they have a another drawing of a snake eating something, and it's um, either they're talking about whether it's an elephant or a hat. Mm. So they're having this discussion. And that drawing of the snake was like basically – front part of the snake is normal then it's a gigantic thing in the middle and then back part of the snake that has been content (laughs) (laughs) there's been a glut of a huge amount of work being done that's all going to be digested at the same time so we're kind of trying to figure out right now how to release all of this stuff so we have a new defensive driving course that is done and we're just trying to figure out how to
0: well, you've done your part of it, and you've passed it over.
1: Right, to, and you're figuring out how to, to deploy, it. deploy it so that it's not going to mess up everybody's yes. training plans.
0: Because this is one of the things that we've realized as we've gone through this large effort to overhaul our older courses is that we need a way to release these and not... Um, wreck everybody else's history because everybody's history in the older course is tied to those older courses. So now we put this new one in there, looks like nobody's done it. But sometimes people have schedules and they they definitely have history that they want to get and we can show them that. But sometimes they have schedules for renewal. And if it looks like they've never done this course, then they don't have a renewal schedule anymore. So we are in the process of figuring out the best way to handle that because not everybody wants that schedule carried over. That's one of the other things that we have learned from experience is that some customers will say, no, I don't care if they did it a month or two months ago. It's a new course. There's enough different content in there that I want them to do it again. And sometimes the customer will say, yeah, they did it two years ago. That's good enough. So we have to give them that option. We have to find a way to give them the option to either make people do it again or to carry over that past schedule and past history. And balance all of that without making a mess for everybody. So that's been the issue.
1: I guess, the well, there's a couple of things that are kind of uh, irritating for everybody is that when we redo a course after 10 years, like this is like a 10-year-old course that we're redoing. Mm -hmm. And we, we have done sort of update bits and refreshes and things like that over those years, but we haven't completely redone it with a whole slot, you know, swath of new content and the problem is is that it doesn't work in the same like i think the last one was six topics and now this one is five topics so
0: it was eight originally
1: was it eight? Oh yeah. no that's right it was eight and then straight trick was seven and now it's and now the new one is six and it's it, it the way it's packaged is better like i didn't want to do the eight thing just because we did it before because it didn't right. work
0: that's one of the other challenges is uh, looking at it and saying, well, in some ways we could just do a direct swap. We We could take the old one offline and say, hey, this is a new one in the same spot and all the history would be contained and that would all be fine. But you can't really do that to people like surprise. You got a new course now. Like what about the person who was in progress? Or you can't surprise the admins and say, hey, this is a new course now because they're going to want to look at it and go through it and figure out how they want to handle it. Before it gets assigned to any of their people. So I'm realizing that we need like a, yeah, we need like a new kind of almost like a preview space for them to go and see the new stuff and then decide what they want to do with it. So this is something that's been going through my head is what's the best way to turn this into a process that's built into the system where people can go and check a couple of boxes and have it handled appropriately. So I'm starting to have some of the pieces come together in oh, my head. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's been a... It has it kind of shown up in the last little while as an issue because we didn't really...
0: Well, any of the times that we changed the hours of service stuff, it ended up being regulatory. So that made it a little bit simpler because... Yeah, and we didn't
1: change the... Well, I think we changed the structure a really long time ago. and then yeah. And then that's been the structure ever since. And I don't think it's going to change. But
0: when you put... A new regulatory content in there, it's much easier to see how it needs to be handled. Right. Because anybody taking the course, sh- the full course should just immediately take this new one. And anybody who took the old one a month ago should take this short summary course that really just tells you what changed. Right. That's easier. But something like defensive driving, where the regulations haven't really changed, the best practices get updated a little bit and we've got a new approach to it and all of that stuff. But it really ends up being kind of admin's choice on whether or not they actually want to have people redo it. So we have to figure out how to have options. It could be the same thing with the dangerous goods stuff.
1: Right. Dangerous goods is is not close to. It's just getting no, started we'll have right, the, right now. We'll so. have the
0: process figured out by the time that's ready.
1: Yeah. But we also have, like beyond defensive driving, which is was a huge monumental undertaking we also have a vehicle inspection for auto haulers. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is ready. Drug and alcohol for Canadians is ready. And I believe there's a security, inspe- uh, security awareness in Spanish is ready as well. And also, defensive driving has been translated already. So, wow. yeah. So, defensive driving in English and French is going to happen. We're doing the Spanish right now. Um, yeah, those translations are easier to deal with. It's the new course
0: titles that are tough.
1: Yeah, yeah pallet, pallet trucks, trucks is a coming. good one that's
0: coming too.
1: Well, drug and alcohol, Canada, and pallet trucks are going to be there. Those are easy. Just yeah, those are brand them. new
0: courses, and same thing with the stinger steer.
1: Oh yeah, the stinger steer stuff.
0: Vehicle inspection.
1: So we'll have two courses for auto haulers, um, and then we're going to do the third one, which is loading and unloading. We're going to do that in the summer. Okay. And. Oh, we're also in progress is a mental health course for drivers, which is actually the story. I have the storyboard for review. Um, what else is coming? What else is? I think that's it. Yes. Well, I mean, there's other things happening. We're, we're also doing. What it we up. don't
0: have is the HOS I was a service motion picture industry because that's oh, done finally.
1: That is done. Oh, I forgot about that. That one's done. Um, I guess the studios are going to be using studios are it. Studios that
0: out. Yeah. And I have to say, this will be my chance to do a public shout out to your content team because the feedback, it was waiting on a review of the uh, commercial enforcement people in British CVSE. Yeah. The, B, the BC enforcement people were wanting to review it. And they will look through it. Originally, they looked through it, thought it was great, but had a few minor suggestions for clarifications on things, which were mostly pretty good ideas. Uh, so uh, you've gone and fixed those. They went and had a look through it again and uh, came back with very positive feedback and said that it was fun going through the course. So <laughs> not a lot of people will tell you that an hours of service course is fun. Uh, but uh, if you get the right person, the the enforcement people said it was fun. So they, there you, uh, go. you
1: know, someone... There's always someone who loves whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, some people just love DDG. Some people just love, you know, I don't know, HR. Well,
0: there's We definitely know there's people that love vehicle inspection. That, that is. getting in there and checking yeah. that stuff and fixing it. Yeah. So that's good. It, it, it's good to have people that are passionate about that stuff because then you get good information. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah you know, you want it to be a good experience for people. You want them to have an enjoyable experience going through it. And you assume that they're doing this job because they have some interest in it and some passion at some level for it. So that's good. I'm glad that it uh, it went well. So kudos to your content Thank team you. for that.
1: We're also going to be doing some tanker courses that we want to do a TDG for tankers. So once we have um, our TDG content sorted, we're going to, have it for tankers and we have a winter driving overhaul going on right now. And like, there's just so much and we're adding to the writing team and I'm going to not say anything else about that because Mark thinks it's bad luck.
0: It is bad luck. You've cursed it already.
1: (laughs) Hey, you know, I've, we we're still emailing back and forth. He hasn't dropped off to face the planet. So, um, yeah, and translation is, is hopping along, and uh, I have to send some translation out. I have to send the vehicle inspection for auto haulers out to translation pretty quickly, and I'm going to get pallet trucks done quickly because both both of the companies that helped us with that I know want French. Mm. So okay. I'm going to try and do that. My goal is to look at, to see what French we already have because I don't want it to be retranslated. So there's a lot that we already have the translation for. Yeah. So it's really just a matter of getting sort of the bits okay. retranslated. Oh, and a oh, voiceover for defensive driving is going to come back next week, I believe.
0: Isn't it? I thought it in. was
1: done. No, it's in. It's not completely done.
0: What do you mean voiceover for defensive driving? We're about to launch that course. So
1: what am I? You're
0: talking about straight truck?
1: No, for French defensive driving. Oh French. Yeah, okay. not English defensive okay. driving. French defensive driving okay. is coming in next week. All right, that so makes it's pretty sense. much done. Okay. Yeah, oh my God, I can't believe I keep all this <laughs> stuff straight.
0: Well, you don't. I <laughs> keep it mostly straight. <laughs>
1: That's Tiffany?:
0: Only mildly Help me. Only mildly bent.
1: Well, actually now Tiffany and Chrissy, who's our compliance specialist, are the ones keeping track of me.
0: Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, because there's there's a lot going on, and there's lots of other stuff that I know you're not even mentioning. So, the content the moving team parts is buzzing. Is,
1: oh my god, the moving parts are are crazy. So, well, I'm not even like I'm wondering if I need another graphic designer. <laughs> <laughs> I know it Never just ends. We'll have to see because now we've we've hired um, a multimedia production special uh, assistant. Uh, Named Carly, who has been awesome because she's just taken the whole Endicott stuff and now the graphic designers can do graphics and they don't have to worry about putting it into Endicott. Nobody has
0: to worry about doing assembly.
1: No, no, unless they want to. I mean, they can if they want. Yeah. Um, I told one of our writers today, Anna, that, you know, you want to put your pallet truck test in to uh, have a break from. Writing a course, go right ahead because that was one of the things that we do to take a break from yeah, writing. It's kind
0: of mindless, just yeah. doing entry,
1: just building stuff in the in the system. So that's that's me.
0: Wow, I know. Okay, well, um, I think uh, that's that's a, a is good... that it. <laughs> No, that's a good a good summary of what's coming in courses and on the content side.
1: Tons and yeah. tons of stuff.
0: So then the one other thing that I thought would be worth discussing for a couple of minutes, uh, something that we talked about uh, a little bit uh, earlier today, and this was this thing that's rearing its ugly head, once again, the driver shortage. Oh. I don't know if it's like, it's not rearing its head like it's brand new. People have been talking about it for a long time, but there was, there was a story in Freight Waves today Mm -hmm. that was mostly a plug for Freight Waves. And then after (laughs) it was a little bit of a story about how the driver shortage isn't necessarily what people think, which is what we've been saying for a while.
1: There's a, well, the way that that article was talking about it was that it's a capacity shortage. Hmm and that you shouldn't look at it as and and the idea was that drivers are not and drivers in like as individuals as people who are doing this job are not very happy about the term driver shortage because it's like you know if you pay people more more people will do the job it's you know the job isn't you know, the job is not attractive enough the Mm -hmm. way it is. So it's not the driver's fault. I think it, I think what it is, is it's kind of putting the blame on the driver for the driver shortage. Why aren't you, why aren't you people with CDLs? Why aren't
0: there more of you? Yeah. Like you driver, it's your fault that there isn't more of you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, why aren't there more women in, in the, uh, in the industry? And it's like somehow someone else's fault. It's not it's not the company's fault. It's not, it has nothing mm. to do with any, it's all outside. It's all like we've, we've put it in a bucket and we have, you know, placed it on the mantle and there is a problem. And whoever wants to solve it can go and grab yeah. the bucket. And it's, it's a way dumb. to
0: separate it and sort of detach it and put it over there as somebody else's issue.
1: And that's what people do. And not just in trucking, like this is what people do when they don't have the capacity to try and figure out. Well, I don't want to use the word capacity. They don't have the. It's it's too big a problem. So we'll we'll put a label on it and then we'll you know bounce it back and forth. That happens in large companies, well, and small p- companies all the time. It's Like whose whose problem is this? Well, bounce like like a balloon that you're bouncing around in a game or at a at a concert or something like that. And I kind of agree. It's not a there's no real driver shortage. Companies don't know how to staff their
0: Well, I've said before that if you get the turnover to a manageable level and you're not trying to hire so many new people, there's not so much of a shortage.
1: I think the issue is that there's a multi there's it's it's a there's so many dimensions to it. Like there's so many reasons why there's a shortage. And there's a shortage of, of workers, period.
0: Yeah, like there's you, shortages in every industry well, right now. Well, it's
1: because, and oh, um, Al Anderson, who is a who used to work for Bose Ride and now works for- Peterson Manufacturing. Peterson, and he's a friend of Carrier's Edge for a really long time. And he said, you know, a million people died. Yeah. In, in the States alone, there's going to be shortages of yeah. workers. You take
0: a million people out of the workforce.
1: But not only only that, more than a million people are out of the workforce because there's a lot of people with long COVID Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people, like I'm just, not just the deaths, but people with long COVID who can't work anymore and women who basically had to stay home and take care of the kids because of the school issue.
0: And uh, taking care of elderly family members and things like that. Or
1: people who are sick and et cetera, et cetera. So there is a whack of people who are out of the workforce.
0: Yeah, there's a massive like, disruption d- Disruption to the the workforce that we haven't seen in a couple of generations. This is yeah. something that hasn't really been seen since the Second World War time when everything got turned upside down in terms of what the jobs were, who was doing them, how many needed to be done, all of those things. And every place that you turn is hiring and they're scrambling for workers. It's not just drivers. There's a huge shortage of, of serving tech Serving
1: staff, yeah, tech hospitality. workers. Hospitality,
0: like so many people are either not available uh, to work or they've decided they don't want to do the work. They're finding something else. And a, a good part of it is just that the demand has spiked in so many different places uh, because you know COVID turned everything upside down. And there's so much sort of pent up demand in so many different places that everybody is scrambling to try and deal with that. It's like a spring that was coiled and is finally unleashing. And that was leading to tons of demand for freight and for all kinds of goods. And now it's shifted to services. Everybody wants to go out and have services, have experiences now that they finally can do that again. And it's really bumpy.
1: So going back to the driver shortage part of it is that there's probably not just a driver shortage. There's probably like the other office staff positions, probably an issue there.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But what I think is interesting is we're starting to see the first signs that that crunch uh, in the supply chain is starting to ease off. And FreightWaves actually had a story about it a week or so ago about how they're seeing the, um, the balance between the available freight and the available um, capacity is starting to move in a different direction. It used to be that there was way more freight than there was uh, capacity to move it, but now it's starting to level out. It's starting to be signs that it's going in the other direction.
1: And what's interesting is that um, that that whole driver shortage and but then they talk about greater capacity. Mm. So when it's a problem, it's the person when it's um, when it's good or if, or you know, when it, it behooves them. When to there's talk- not
0: enough freight. They have excess capacity. Yeah. yeah they don't have too yeah. many drivers. They have excess. Capacity. Yeah.
1: They don't want to talk about, you know, getting rid of drivers because they would rather have a driver shortage. Like the driver yeah. shortage kind of gives the industry this poor poor us
0: but it also allows them to squeeze rates a bit because it gives them a little bit of foundation to say, look, it's, uh, there's a shortage of, of workers you're yeah, going have Yeah, but you pay. can't
1: have a shortage for 10 plus years. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's been a and, shortage as long have, as you've been in the industry.
1: And have your customers actually believe it. Yeah. So... I think it's a good idea to stop talking about it as a driver shortage and start talking about it as a capacity crunch.
0: Capacity imbalance. You know, you, sure. can't,
1: you can't seat all your trucks. Well, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. And each individual company should be dealing with that problem. It's not like the tech sector said, you know, oh, we have a tech worker shortage. That doesn't get a lot of yeah, sympathy. Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares because they assume that, well, you know, pay people more and make a better workplace and then you'll people will show up.
0: Well, that's actually a really good analogy because there was a very good story about the tech worker shortage that was in the Globe and Mail last weekend. And they were talking about the problems and things that are exacerbating that storage and part of that, or the shortage, and that is these big companies that set up these development centers and pay insane amounts of money and basically suck up all of the talent And they don't care about necessarily being profitable in the short term. A lot of the times they're funded, so they've got a lot of private equity or venture capital money that they can effectively burn, and it just pushes the rates up and makes it unsustainable for smaller companies in the area. So it's a whole different dynamic at play, but at the end of the day, it's still a shortage of decent workers.
1: And it's being, well, and then in trucking, I think there's a lot of, is it desperation? I'm not too sure if that's the right word for it, but all of these big companies who really don't care much about the quality of the work environment yeah, are just trying to get people to be in their trucks. And what I'm noticing now is that a lot of these really big companies are trying to um, have a whole bunch of, kind of subcontractor companies to oh, yeah. do some of it for them so that they can still get the get the sale, but they can assign it to these other companies. And those subcontractor companies, they can deal with the driver shortage. It's not, you know, so the, the huge companies don't have to worry about it. And so they're doing all of these different things to try and manage that. But they are, they're the ones who are really wanting apprenticeship. They're the ones who want... Um, like the under
0: 21, under
1: 21, the military stuff. And there, I don't know if they're creating quality employees through all of that. Hmm. I don't know if that's going to be a real help because all that's happening is that you're just shoving people into the, the gaping hole, but you don't really care about the people who are being shoved into it. You're just trying to get people Let's just try and move more people, more people, more people. And mm-hmm. then on the other end, you're going to have a whole whack of people who leave the industry because they can't find a job because capacity crunch or capacity... Uh, excess
0: capacity.
1: Ex- excess capacity. Or they're treated so badly, they go, wait a minute, I'm not even interested. So those individual companies are who have problems with recruiting and retention are looking are just grabbing at that oh, there's a driver shortage problem and not coming up with solutions. They don't, they don't do anything with the drivers that they have. They just do a lot of complaining. And that is what I see in best fleets a lot. It drives me up the wall.
0: Well, what's funny is the observation that you made that a lot of the best fleets don't really have capacity issues or yep. they don't have a driver issue. You know, Their biggest capacity problem is that they can't get their new trucks that they've ordered. And so they promise new trucks to their drivers, but they can't actually get them. So it's you know, a bit irritating for the drivers, but they don't really have many issues because they don't have much in the way of turnover. The people are happy there and they're creating a good workplace so that they've got people who are wanting to come there. You know, we were, we've talked to people that basically have a waiting list mm-hmm. and if some driver leaves, it's mostly because of retirement or medical disqualification or something and... They go to the next person on the waiting list.
1: Exactly. So you can make it so that you don't have a driver shortage or you don't have a capacity crunch. It's the same as us. We are hiring tech workers and we can still hire them even though there's a tech issue. It's not a, I don't know, developer or developer shortage. It's not a developer shortage because there's no shortage of developers. It's, it's the market. And it's like trying to buy a house in Toronto I guess <laughs> you know everybody yeah. wants it and you're gonna have all the rates skyrocketing but we can we can hire and we can retain we just have a good workplace which yep. nobody ever asks us about
0: that's interesting
1: yeah, haven't you like it occurred to me the other day and it didn't like we've been doing best Fleets for 10 years or 13 year or 14
0: 14 years yeah
1: I'll be 15 next time and no not once. Has anybody asked us about our retention or our, you know, our workplace or even asked us what kind of programs we do? Hmm. Not, not a single one.
0: Yeah. I think people assume we are practicing what we preach. but uh, I don't think it's it, occurred it, to anybody. Yeah. You're making a good point. I don't think anybody's asked me. Nope. I mean, I sweat about that a lot. Mm-hmm. I go through all of the things in the best fleets and I'm thinking, okay, are there things here that we should be doing? And we have added a lot of things. Based on, Based on Best, best fleets. Fleets feedback, because I feel like we got to practice what we preach. But yep. yeah, nobody really asks.
1: Yeah. So I think for somebody, I don't know, I think that's a good story, a good article for somebody.
0: Um, or a good seminar actually,
1: or a good webinar.
0: We did talk a little bit about it. We did a Truckload Authority article quite a while. back, uh, and We talked about um, our remote workplace and the way we do things and how we're in some ways very similar to... Trucking companies that where all of our workers are remote or out on, you know, away from us all the time. That That was
1: like two paragraphs.
0: Uh, No, it was a feature piece. It was a, but it was several years ago now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that probably would be a good, uh, good thing to put a a bit of content around in the webinar. We have a webinar coming up uh, (laughs) in a couple of weeks, um, our best fleets webinar. And we could throw something in there about that, maybe.
1: About what we do. Yeah. to follow best Feels practices. I self-serving though. Um, I don't know. I, it just occurred to me and maybe it's not occurred to anybody else to ask the question, but yeah. it, it seems like if we had a crap workplace, how would we be able to, I mean, we could have a crap workplace and still run the program. Like for, we don't have to do anything that, yeah. that we tell yeah, everybody use else a list to do. Of things
0: we're not going to invest in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. You're getting points for it, but we're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do that. Yeah. You couldn't do that either.
1: And also that whole thing about a small company can't be a good workplace. Yeah. Well, we have a five-star Indeed uh, rating. So shh. Shh. I know. Don't say that. So, And we're a small company. You can do it. That drives me up the wall, these comments about, oh, it's only the big companies.
0: Yeah, and then the big companies are like, wow, small companies can do that. We can't. I know. Everybody's got an (laughs) excuse of why they can't do things.
1: Driver shortage.
0: Yeah, a driver shortage. Yeah. Driver shortage. It's
1: like a knee jerk reaction. We can't do anything. There's a driver shortage.
0: Okay. I feel like we've solved all the industry's problems right now, so we probably should wrap this up.
1: Hey, you brought it up.
0: I did. And I brought it up for these reasons. Okay, so. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day.